0: hello everybody welcome to audacious freedom the podcast and i am your host Dee mendez i am so happy you are here to listen to one of my stories on my life's journey to seek out freedom and love and support for myself and all human beings let's get started welcome to episode 22 of audacious freedom the podcast I'm calling it sharing the scripts in advance as a courtesy. Before launching season one of Audacious Freedom, the podcast, an attorney friend of mine offered some very smart, if difficult to act on, advice. She suggested that even though I don't name my ex husband, or two ex-fiances after my divorce, that I reach out to them as a courtesy. That I reach out to them as a courtesy with just the script or scripts that mention them, not the recording of the entire episode or the whole script of an episode, only the script that refers to them. Fuck. Fuck. I knew this was excellent advice, though I felt sick to my stomach at the thought of reaching out to each of them at all, let alone for something so intimate. Intimate not because I have any feelings for them, well, positive feelings for them, because, oh yeah, I have feelings about them. Like, what the fuck was I thinking? to have been romantically involved with any of them. These men were among my mistakes, my poor decisions in life, decisions I made spontaneously, reactively, and against my better judgment at times in my life when I was most vulnerable and when I lacked confidence and believed I needed a man or that somehow my life would be better, easier, or more more fulfilled with a partner. And the only reason I mention any of them in some of my podcast episodes is to share the truth with you, my listeners, the truth about my mistakes, how I got into the mistakes and how I got the fuck out of them, how I am embarrassed about those mistakes, and how I faked being happy in those relationships when I was fucking miserable so now as I'm recording season two of audacious freedom the podcast and preparing to drop season one I had to reach out to three of my mistakes Fuck, I was able to find them all easily thanks to Google and social media And then came messaging them each individually. I don't want to share with you which one said what exactly, but I do want to share what the process has been like for me. It's been hard as fuck. I will not lie. Hard as fucking fuck. I didn't realize just how much of a waste of time they all were for me and how much hostility I was holding for them and how much I wish I could go back in time and erase those relationships, erase those fucking mistakes and never have to think about them or to tell you about them. In reaching out to them, it was like reliving the mistakes writing the podcast episodes and recording the ones that mentioned them was hard enough more like an out of body experience or something stories that happened to someone else though reaching out directly to these real people these real people who were my biggest regrets made shit real it was an exercise in sheer humility to set aside my huge pride, and ego to approach them with kindness because I want to be kind to all human beings, but not to become friends with any of them or to catch up and have a conversation. So I reached out to each of them with the exact same initial message that I hope they and their families, if I knew they had one, we're doing well and that I was reaching out as a courtesy prior to launching season one of my podcast. I was reaching out as a courtesy to see if they were willing to read any scripts that might mention them, not name them, any scripts that might mention ex-husband, fiance number one, or fiance number two. And here's what was interesting about their responses. One said basically, no, thank you. And something to the effect of say whatever you need to say. Another said, sure, go ahead and email the scripts to me. And the third said really pretty much the same thing. And they all said in some way or another, I hope your podcast is a success. That was kind of them for sure. And to the two I sent actual scripts to, I very carefully worded the paragraphs leading up to the scripts themselves. I wrote the following bullets for them to please keep in mind. One, I am providing this preview for you of the scripts as a courtesy so that you would not be caught off guard should someone be able to identify you, even though you are not named. And I would very much like for your identity to be private. Two, the episodes are filled with my stories, past and present, that I reflect on and share my thoughts and feelings about a period of time or certain events in my life. Three, although the stories are about me and my point of view, in a few episodes, I describe how I felt about my ex and or later the two fiancés after my divorce with whom I broke off the engagements. Four, I do not mean to insult or upset anyone with my point of view and memories, though I realize how offensive words can be. Five, that said, the stories and my podcast episodes are not at all meant to be jabs toward anyone as a person or to try to settle any kind of unresolved score with anyone. I have no unresolved score with you, insert name, or with the other two. My stories are raw and often embarrassing to admit what I've thought and felt, especially in the past, and how in more recent years, I have have embraced being self-partnered, And having my daughter on my own terms without a partner. Seven, again, I do not name you in these episodes, and I wouldn't want any listeners to be able to figure out who you are. That should be pretty easy since our history predated social media. Eight, I want you to know that in these episodes, I am not trying to say anything about anyone else. Rather, It's a snapshot of my life and who I was at a time in my life when I looked outside of myself to find happiness. If only I knew then what I know now. Then listeners, I proceeded to share with each of them the partial scripts and included the show titles and show notes for context within each episode. And then I went about my life and resisted thinking about how they might react when they might respond. I owned the scripts and my stories and my memories and my feelings about it all. And I had zero control over their memories or feelings. Well, they both responded, I think within a few days, one said simply, that he wasn't going to dispute anything, and he again wished my podcast well. And the other one, oh, Jesus Christ. Jesus fucking Christ. I did not see this one coming at all. Not for a fucking second. I could not have possibly anticipated this response. I am getting worked up just thinking about it. I literally feel nauseous writing out this script now. I have adrenaline pumping through my body. My entire body is in fight or flight mode now, and I wanna punch and run. If his face were right here in front of me right now, I would punch him, and I have never punched anyone. I would punch him in his fucking face right now if I could. I am sweating right now with anxiety and it's so weird that I can feel sweat in my armpits because it's freezing cold in our home right now because the AC is on and I have goosebumps from being cold but I'm also sweating because I feel sick and anxious reliving reading this fucker's email back to me. I still can't figure out how he thought it was okay to respond with the words he chose after I so carefully prefaced my email to him. I used the exact same preface and email to both of these people. And one responded very simply and kindly and humanely even. And the other one, Jesus fucking Christ I have to tell you that I will not share his exact words with you listeners, not because I don't want to air his fucking dirty laundry, because I fucking should. This guy should be outed. I'm not going to share them because I can't stomach even reading them again, and I sure as shit wouldn't be able to write them down in this episode script, then read them aloud no fucking way what i will do though is give you the gist of what he said and then i will share with you maybe only in part what i responded to him and the only reason i might not share all of what i wrote back is because i want to protect not him but maybe other people in his life That's all I'm going to explain about that. Okay. So what did this fucker write back? That's got me so pissed. I literally have to get up and pace around for a minute now. My hands are shaking. Hang on. Okay. I'm back and I'm not really any calmer. And I'm noticing my handwriting is angry. Two, it's a little bit messy and darker than my handwriting on the other pages because I'm writing so fast to get the story out of my body and my brain. Shit. Okay, here it goes. This fucker said something to the effect that he had good memories about the first, first half of our relationship. And then, and then, he proceeded to share very graphic and explicit memories of our time together. Shit that I had never thought about. I had no fucking reason to ever think about. Shit that he wrote to me about, that he thought to write to me about, and that he actually wrote to me about, especially After I shared this partial script about him in season one, episode number eight of my podcast called having a baby DIY style. I sent him the show notes. Here's a riddle for you. A woman has been divorced for 21 years. She has an 11 year old daughter who is the daughter's father. Tune into this episode for the answer to this riddle, a story about my daughter and me. And it's clearly not as the old nursery rhyme goes. First comes love, then comes marriage, then comes baby in the baby carriage. Ha! Then I wrote script, referring to insert character and story, then comes getting engaged again, a few years after my divorce at 37. Then comes complaining to my new therapist about my fiance. My therapist, and this is for real, said, Honey, maybe this is just as good as it gets. What the fuck? Then comes trying a little longer with my fiance. My fiance, who I literally run circles around in every aspect of life until I just can't anymore. Then comes kicking out the fiance after 13 months in the relationship. And I consider this a success because I was with my ex-husband for 13 years wishing he'd be someone else. And this time I'd only wasted 13 months of my life wishing my fiance was someone else. Harsh words. I know this listeners. I know my thoughts and memories are brutal. I get it. And this is why my attorney friend was absolutely right to advise me to reach out ahead of my podcast launch, to get ahead of any backlash and any upset from any of my three past relationships. And what the fucking fuck was this fucker? Thinking, how did this fucker arrive at after reading what I said and thought about him? How did this fucker arrive at reminiscing? I want you all to know I am fucking sweating again. I had to get up and pace around and I want to punch his fucking face. I imagine myself in the boxing ring with gloves on and perfect boxer form boxing gloves on one hand protecting my face and the other one throwing an expert punch and his fucking face in slow motion turning to the side and blood coming out of his nose i know i am not proud to admit this this is embarrassing and against my nature which is to have good intentions And to be kind to others. But this fucker fucked with the wrong person. This fucker responded with the wrong words to this person. This fucker. This is what I responded to this fucker. But wait, there is more. How could there be any more? You listeners might want to know. Well, I'll tell you how there could be more because you can't make this shit up. I'm just relaying to you what actually happened. Last week in 2021, this happened. The fucker actually also wrote also fucking wrote that he wondered if I was trying to rekindle something, re-fucking-kindle something. What the ever fucking fuck? I am so worked up right now in my mind and in my body that I don't know if I'm about to cry or if I'm about to laugh oh, I want to fucking get in that boxing ring and punch. How did he fucking get to wondering if I was trying to rekindle something? And he mentioned that he's in a committed relationship. So something about he wouldn't be able to. Oh my God. So now... The fucker not only wonders if I'm trying to rekindle something, but he's also turning me down. Holy fucking fuck. Fucker. Okay, listeners. So I have to tell you, I've just gotten back here to my pencil and paper after having paced around again. I even put on more deodorant. Because I'm sweating so badly. Okay. So back to telling you the story of this episode. I had read his email on my phone and I grimaced. I cringed. I even very purposely opened up my camera app and switched it to look at my own face. I wanted to see my reaction on my face. And I gotta tell you, it wasn't pretty. The look on my face wasn't pretty at all. I don't know what was uglier to me, the look on my face or that fucker's words in his email. I took a few minutes, soaked it all in, felt all of the feelings, and got up to sit at my computer. I was ranting aloud, and my daughter checked in with me, heard me from her bedroom behind her closed door. I said, Mama's about to tell somebody how it is. This fucker has got it all wrong. The look on my daughter's face was beautiful and priceless. She knew I was standing up for myself, and that whatever this guy had done, He was about to get it good. She went back into her room and I hit reply. I wrote, good fucking God. I'm fucking furious. There are no words for how inappropriate your email is. Inappropriate. I am a mother. I am a happily self-partnered person. You are way out of this fucking planet. I have practically no idea of what you speak during a particularly dark time in my life, one where my self-esteem was very low and a very brief period of my life. You remember the six months of my illness and I remember the next six months where I woke up out of my illness and kicked your ass out. I approached you out of courtesy and courtesy only so you wouldn't be caught off guard should it ever get back to you what I thought about you. You have barged through a door that is not yours. Clearly, you misjudged me back then for about a teeny tiny fraction, maybe at most 0.00001% of my life as you have now. Are you kidding me? Rekindle something? You are further gone than I ever fucking thought. I'm going to throw up, barf my fucking guts out now. Disgusting. Don't you ever think or speak of me in this way again. You should be fucking ashamed of yourself, sick man, that is all. And that felt good, not holding back, letting that fucker have it. And then, and then a short time later, a new email landed in my inbox. An email with the subject line, I am an idiot. And the body of the email read, I am so sorry. That was way out of line. I could see the tail between his legs and I wrote nothing back until a few days later, a few days later when I wrote, yes, you sure are. I'm not sure you really have any idea just how much so. And a fucking delusional freak. I know, listeners, I know. Is this kind what I wrote? Is this who I really am? Is this how I want to be? Of course not. But this is my story and what I actually wrote to him. And that's what these podcast episodes are, the raw truth of my thoughts and feelings. And I'm not going to edit my thoughts and feelings and tell only stories of rainbows and butterflies. I'm crying now. It's a release. A good cry. I own my stories and thoughts and feelings. I'm facing it all and sharing it all with you. Crying and letting the stories out. Feels good, really good. Like I'm not alone on this planet navigating my way through life. And I realize that some of you listeners might be wondering about the six months of illness that I mentioned in my email back to this fucker. I also mentioned it briefly in season one, episode number two, called My Reactions to Little Fires Everywhere by Celeste Ng. The book and Hulu original series bring up something, some very tough topics, including mental health stigmas. I had a reaction to mental health stigmas because I had been briefly diagnosed with situational depression and OCD light following my divorce. I don't really want to get into that story now, but in case if anyone was wondering or even worrying about the illness I referred to. That was it. And it was the late 1990s when even primary care physicians were diagnosing and writing out prescriptions for antidepressants. And I was fine after a short period of time of a combination of medication and therapy. And I don't think I ever had mentioned the diagnosis, the medication, or the therapy to this fucker because I wasn't dwelling on the diagnosis and the treatment. I was trying to move forward with my life and was still feeling the repercussions of being a divorced woman, repercussions that left me feeling, well, feeling like shit, feeling like I had failed in my marriage and in a part of my life that had once been the biggest part of my identity. And this fucker came along, this fucker came along when I was my most vulnerable and not thinking straight. Anyway, I realize I am angry at this fucker when I should or could be angry with myself for not trusting my intuition at the time, for not listening to the voice in my head that was constantly criticizing and judging him. The voice in my own head that was thinking, he sure has a lot going on with that stupid outfit. Or when men go bald, why does their hair seem to slide down their backs? Gross. Oh my God. I know this is just plain mean now, but this is the truth. I thought those things and yet I still went out with them. Became engaged to him. Yuck. Ick. Shit. I just might have to go throw up now. This has been another episode of Audacious Freedom, the podcast. I'm your host, Dee Dee Mendez. Thank you for listening, and I can't wait for next time. This has been Dee Dee Mendez with Audacious Freedom, the podcast. Thanks for listening, and I can't wait for next time.